1: This is so exciting to be here. I've I've, um, my name's Dave Gilpin. I've been in the United Kingdom for oh, it's too late now. Just rest of them all on there. It's perfect. But great job, Dave. Give the man a hand, eh? (laughs) And that's fine. No, that's fine. I, my name's Dave Gilbert. I've been in uh, in England for 30 years. I was um, became a Christian at Sydney University, and when I was 20 years of age, I moved up to Brisbane. I met my wife, who was uh, from Nexus Church. She was there for around 10 years, and then I was youth pastor in Life Church on the south side of Brisbane and then went, saw the Hillsborough disaster where a hundred people, um, got, uh, died at a soccer stadium in the north of England and, uh, felt triggered by that, went over there and then came back 30 years later. Uh, so we we're in the industrial cities of the north of England for 30 years. And out from there, we pioneered and planted all over the place. And, uh, so coming here this morning, I just don't think you know the ride that you're in for. I think some of you think, well, I'm just here on a Sunday, and yet you've actually boarded a locomotive. You know, you, you might think, well, this is just, it's just like a little sailing ship just going boating on a Sunday. And I want to say that, that amongst the boaters on a Sunday, there's some people here that are called to shake cities for Jesus Christ. And sometimes you don't know the plans that God has for you, uh, they're not just good, but they're large. And I kind of feel, I'm rambling, but I kind of feel the largeness of the inheritance of this church. I just, let me say this about Andrew, that I'm meeting Andrew, uh, that Andrew's, un, most pastors are just below average intelligence. Like, aren't they? Just maybe on average intelligence. But when you meet Andrew, he's way above average intelligence, you know? And the Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, that the men of Issachar, they themselves were above average intelligence. They understood the times and they knew what to do. And I kind of feel like that you're in the hands of a master tactician, that you're in the hands of, a, of someone who's not guessing, who's not stumbling around. And I just think that, that some of you need just a buckling. Put your seatbelt, un, un, you know, open your bags up, unpack everything. It's not a hotel. You know, this is, this is here for a very long time to change this city and change cities across the world for jesus christ i just i say that just so that you'd get a little excited about it and some of you you know you've you've used to get excited about stuff to do with the kingdom of god but this is this isn't this is not just a second chance this is the opportunity to to set sail uh, with the commander's and with people with big experience and big knowledge and, and, uh, and great integrity and great um, wisdom uh, to know that this is not guesswork here in this place. This is a move of the Spirit of God. I'll just say this, right, that whenever you do start moving in by the Spirit of God... Uh, not just the spirit of persecution comes upon you, like David when he arrived on the battlefield was persecuted by his brothers, but then when he faced Goliath, the spirit of intimidation. And I, want, I just want to say this, that the city's already been marked out. You know, what are you doing here? You know, the, the, it's, everyone's already territorial. They've already said this is our territory. And the, the spirit that we come across is not the spirit of rebellion, it's the spirit of religion. But I want to say that you're well placed uh, to, to, to pick up your five smooth stones. And just run toward your Goliath. I can see incredible victory in this church, but, but you know, you have to face intimidation. Intimidation is there to make you feel small, make you feel insignificant, and here to contain you. And all of you need to be a part of this spirit of I know who I am. That I'm David, fashioned and formed by God. Uh, I've killed the lion. I've killed the bear. I'm match ready. I'm Battle ready, and uh, and I've been called by God for such a time as this, and keep that up for a little bit of time. Eventually, Goliath falls down, and then God exalts you. It's a little harder than you know when you start to rise up in destiny. It's it's a little harder than it should be, but it's just because intimidation wants to contain you. It loves the way you used to be. It hates the way you're going to be, and uh, and you just need to pick up some confidence and pick up some strength. But it's in this it's in this house already. Is that a clap? Oh gee, keep on doing that. Maybe a few more people will copy you. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. And uh, I've got to. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to look around the band for a sec, right? Because I'm. I'm here to get to know you. For you to get to know me. But oh, the band's gone. Well, Gnomes is here. Naomi, what an absolute delight this girl is. Like, like what a what a woman of God. I just think, and when she stepped in, you know, near the end of worship, I thought, gosh, am I in Bethel? (laughs) You know, suddenly Bethel fell out of the skies, you know. (laughs) Oh, gee, I just think you're a delight. I think, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, and I'll just say this about the call of God in your life, that you're here to be a link. Is that you again? No, seriously. Just the person next to you. It's, it's the spirit of God's over this side. It's like a cloud. It'll start to move over this side as well. But let me just let me say this: that, that, that you are a link. You're a chain between the past and the future, between, between people's past and people's future. And it's, it's easy sometimes to feel a bit insignificant, thinking I just fill in the gaps. Ah, oh, gee, there's, there's no gap fillers for the kingdom of God. That you are feeling in a gap, but that's because you bring the chain into the gap between the past and the future. I just, I just see something absolutely mighty upon your life. And I want to say congratulations on, on, uh, you know, swinging your sword over the spirit of intimidation and, and being match fit, not allowing yourself to sit down into, into depression, but to stand up, brush yourself down and go again. There's a spirit in you that I think is perfect for pioneering everybody's strapped in the past who they were they need someone to come along to link them with who they will be in you're the link in the chain you're the you're the Barnabas to the Pauls that are going to come into this place uh, you're the Andrew to the Peters that are gonna come into this place uh you're the Paul to the Lukes I could go on and on but you get my gist don't you I just, think, I just think you're a wonderful, wonderful person and continue to be an Aaron and a her lifting up the arms of the future generation in Jesus' mighty name. And I'm going to have to say, Miranda, hello. <laughs> what an absolute delight Miranda is, right? She's only seven. She's only seven years of age and she's playing piano like she's 13. It's just... It's just <laughs> It's just remarkable. Oh, gee, I'm going to do something that, that I, I, I've i never done. But your dad said that you got a word about fire. Come up here. Stand next to me. Give her a big hand. I just thought it was a great word. And I think it's a great word, not just for you, but it's a great word for every person here. So do you want to just spend a minute and just say, what was the word? How did you get it? What was the word? You know.
0: Uh, well, I was praying this morning and I was thinking about how Like when you have a child, you pass on their um, kind of like your beliefs in God, who you are into them. And then so when I was thinking about it, I was like, that's great, but it's really important that we have our own fire for God and that can fuel us. We're not taking something from someone else and just making it fuel us and keeping us going. We actually need our own fire and our own time with God and our own relationship with God and our own fatherly role model, not just something we've taken from someone else and let it fuel our life. So I thought that was really important.
1: Oh my gosh, stay standing there. Stay there. It's just an incredible word that You know, I think for some of us, we're starting again, aren't we? We're kind of starting. We had COVID. We're starting again and and starting again. I think the band's perfect. It's unplugged. I don't think you need a big stage, a big band, you know, a bag full of show-offs. I think you kind of need what's here this morning. And I think you're right. Everyone's got to come back to their own fire. You know, we blamed other people for that have let us down. We've all been let down. Yeah, I see every hand raised in this place, right? We've all been let down in a big way, but we've blamed other people. And yet God's saying, hey, no, no, it's not their fire that you need. It's your fire that you need. I just think it's a brilliant word, especially for pioneering. You know, it's a brilliant word just for us to come back to us and God. And once we're on fire, then we can uh, set some other fields on fire. I th- I think it's brilliant. I think you're brilliant. Keep loving God. Keep being creative. Don't let the doubters get you down. Be a woman of faith. Stand on the Word of God. And no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God's planned and prepared for you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Give her a big hand, eh? And I'm just going to mention one more person. And and is it is it is it a Trixie? No, is it um, Twinkie? <laughs> Trixie. It's a trickster. Say it again. Tink, tink, twinkie. Twinkie, what? where did you come from? Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah. No, I know that. I know that. She comes from a mother's womb, right? I know that, right? I know that. I'm just saying it. Just, I'm just saying it, not for an answer, but where did you come from? Like, where's this authority you've got? Like, don't answer that. I'm just. I'm just. That's the way I'm going to proceed from now on. All right. I'm not. It's not school. Where, who are you? I just. I just. What a gift. And and what a commander you are. And he uh sitting. I know you've ordered this stage. You want to be a bit higher than everybody else. And I know you said that that you wouldn't sing unless you were central. You know, unless you had your own microphone and and that. I know all of that. Right. Some people. I know all of that, right? But you got given central location, higher up than everybody else, you know. But there's authority in you. Oh, wow. I just think you're perfectly placed. Perfectly placed. And when, if I, now I'm saying that, there's voices in you and voices from afar saying you're not perfectly placed. There's voices that want to destabilize you. And I'm, maybe some people say, hey, come back home. You, no, 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 no. This is home. And I remember when I launched out of the ministry, I was a civil engineer. My mum my kept sending me civil engineering jobs for six years. Six years after being in the ministry. I mean, gosh. You know, it's part, part of the job of a mum to because to, they loved you as you were. But, but you've grown up your own person now this this is your field it's your endeavor that you don't come under the shadow of anybody else that you've been given something you're taking the bat and you're creating your own pathway and i just encourage you to continue to do that continue to take the lead continue to press into god i just i just think you like even this morning you're a few miles ahead of everybody else but just don't stop you know Presence of God came into the room. Uh, You're you're a conqueror for Jesus Christ. That's what we need now that we're pioneering. We need conquerors for Jesus Christ. People that know again how to wield the sword, how to dress themselves for battle, how to put on the helmet of salvation. I just congratulate you and I just want to say that you've been called for such a time as this. You're the right person in the right place at the right time. Don't let any voice from the underworld or from friends Dislodge you from doing what you're doing. You're doing an eternal work in Jesus' mighty name. Give her a, a round of applause and, uh, Gnomes, Gnomes, you, you go on, you can take your seat and uh, give her another round of applause. Um, I'm just going to listen. I'm just going. I'm going to rant and rave. I've got a little little message, right? But there are no scriptures that are going to come up on the board, and some of you are going to be a bit disappointed, right? All the big scripture addicts, right, in the place. They got. I like to have five scriptures on a Sunday. Get your own. Have a quiet time before you come, right? But I'm just. I'm here to to, to share my heart with you, and uh, and again, back onto pioneering. You know, in the first when we went to the United Kingdom, on the first let's say a nine nine years or so, we pioneered just. Another two locations, so three locations. And then after that, we just hit a button, and every year we pioneered a new location. And uh, and eventually, we pioneered a location from the United Kingdom over to Malaysia. We pioneered a location to Ghana. We pioneered uh, two locations in Germany, as well as locations across Great Britain. Uh, after a service like this uh, for a number of years, I, I, with every, the, the, some of the team would leave Halfway through the service, and then I would leave at one o'clock and head down to London. And it was like a three and a half, four hour trip to London. We hired a facility in the center of London. Only maybe about 30 people came for at least a year and a half, something like that. And then after we do the service, we'd have a snack, and then we'd pack everything back in the car, and we'd be back by about 1 or 2 a.m. every single Sunday. And I've got to say, I loved every single minute of it. I'm to pioneer. I'm like a dog on the hills, a dog off the leash. I'm just born to pioneer. And I think some of you need to get excited that you're off on the great adventure. You need to forget about the word prosperity. That's a 1980s, 1990s word. You need to pick up the word adventure. I want to come back to the great adventure uh, that God's called you to. I had a revelation a number of years ago that God hates the color beige and it must have been it must have been from god because because you won't find beige in the rainbow it's you won't find be- beige just like a it's like a color that god never invented it just it just says everything about about being bland, everything about being normal, everything about being average, everything about being mediocre. And God hasn't created any one of you in this room to be mediocre for Jesus. He's, 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 he's encouraging and he's called you to burn the candle at both ends for the Lord Jesus Christ, to, to get on your ship, get out of the harbors of life and discover the new Americas of the kingdom of God for Jesus Christ. There's an explorer in you. There's a vast Vasco da Gama, there's a, there's a Birkin Wills inside you. There's a Christopher Columbus inside every one of you to discover new territory that's already marked out for you by the Lord Jesus Christ. This is your day. This is your time. This is your era to say goodbye to the safety of the harbors and to come out of the high seas of exploration. Anyway, it was such a revelation. I thought I'm going to write a book on it, right? And so I spent like about a day. I thought I'm just going to write a picture book, right? I'm going to have expressions like, like, like. The book was called Rage Against Beige, and I had expressions like "Go on a beige rage," uh, "Rage, rage, beige against the machine." Uh, don't visit, don't visit Beijing. I just, I had all these expressions and pictures on the left-hand side. It took, it took me like a day and a half maximum to write the book. But once I did it, I thought maybe someone else would like this book. And so I wrote off to a number of publishers, right? And if you've ever done this kind of thing before, they just send it back unopened. Bunch of slackers. They would have loved it if they'd opened it, right? And eventually I was desperate. And so my PA uh, in Sheffield sent it to Ikea, in the United Kingdom. And I was sitting in Starbucks in London uh, one morning. And uh, I get a phone call from Peter, the managing director of IKEA UK. I thought it was my friend Glynn, uh, putting on a Swedish accent. And so I didn't believe him for the first minute or half or so. Then I thought, gosh, this guy knows too much, right? It must be Peter. And, um, and so he said, I got the book. He said, love the book. He said, how much do you want for it? And I said, oh, Peter, I said, I'm not selling the book. I just want the book to be published. And and he said, yeah, 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 but how much do you want for it? And I said, I wouldn't have a clue, Peter. I said, because I did it to publish it, not to sell it. I said, can you give me a ballpark figure? Now, it took me a day and a half, right? That's being evangelistic, right? I said, can you give me a ballpark figure of how much? You give me for it, right? And in Australian dollars, he said, yeah, yeah, I've already figured out a figure. He said, how does $100,000 sound? <laughs> well, I could have fainted. And, and I don't know what came over me. I, I, said, I said, Peter, I'll give you a phone call back. Like, I didn't know what happened. But I needed to contact the source of authority and blessing on my life. That's my wife. And I rang her up and I said, what do I do? He's offered me $100,000 for something that took me like a day and a half evangelistically to write. And she said, oh, Dave, just, just redo the conversation you had with him. She said, she said Dave, you just sounded like an idiot. <laughs> she said, you just sound like, like a non-businessy kind of fake businessman. right?" She, she said, listen, you need to go for more. Now, all of a sudden, the spirit of greed. She went green, but I couldn't see her, right? Spirit of greed came upon her. She's thinking uh, Caribbean islands, right? She's thinking hot tubs. She's just thinking worldly, very worldly, my wife, for a few minutes. She said, she said go for more. So I, I rang him back. I said, Peter, it's Dave here again, the book writer. I, I, said, uh, I said, I'll do it for 120000 <laughs> He said, oh, gosh, our budget only goes up to 100000 I said, it'll be a sacrifice, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but you got yourself a deal. <laughs> they did not even sell books. They bought my book. He said, I'm going to use it for the catalogue. I'm going to put the Rage Against Beige stuff on the left-hand side and put bedding on the right-hand side. I'm an official distributor to IKEA of a book of a concept. And, you know, I just, I want to say that, that the whole idea also came from me, raging Against Beige, because track it back six months, and you'll find this really interesting. Six months earlier, we're in a pioneering situation, and, and I'm on, let's just say I'm on 50000 Australian dollars a year, right? Some, it, it'll be less than that, but I'm just saying that for context, right? And we've got an offering, right? And I'm saying to everybody, we're going to go into a new building, we, we're going to do a three-year offering, which I'd never do again, because everyone forgets about it after the first year, right? But I didn't forget about it. And so I'm saying, I said to my wife, I said, let's go crazy. Let's ban beige forever. Let's just streak it with iridescent purple. Let's, let's streak it with, 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 you know, just with a marker pen, the highlight marker pen. How much should we do? I said, I suggested to her, why don't we go absolutely berserk and let's put down $100,000? With no ability. Just in the world of crazy, no ability to ever fulfill that through the wage and income that we had. But God, he registered it. So it went and slipped into the heavenly realm. The sacrifice, the heart, the banning of beige heart slipped into the heavenly realm and it was caught by Jesus. Jesus who was everything but beige, who came to the earth to set the earth on fire. And it's the same with each one. And the God of fire took my fiery inspiration. He said, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Threw it to the managing director of IKEA UK and directed him to release him to give this guy his $100,000. And so I was a happy man for three and a half hours. Because eventually it came into my bank account and thinking, I'm rich, I'm the richest man on earth. I'm at, hang on a sec, where did it go? It then left my bank account and went into the church's bank account. But it's amazing what's gonna happen to each one of your lives when you start to move out from low expectation. Back into high expectation. When you move out from boring out into brilliance so that you can see the brilliance of God match your brilliance. The best of God coming upon the very best of you. I also had a revelation that God hates Volvos. And uh, because you don't get your money's worth, it's, it, unless you have a major accident, right? Just, it's, just, it's just, they're just built for safety. They're not built for excitement. And some Christians move into their Karen era, you know, the Karen phase, where, where they're built for restriction. They're built for containment instead of built to blast open holes in the heavenly realms to see Jesus Christ come in revival fire upon this nation. I've got a theory, right? I'm going to test this out, right? Most Christians were more exciting before they became Christians. That's my experience. Because a lot of Christians are thinking, how dull are you? And yet you're born again. The same power that rose Christ and dead dwells in you. And yet you're so dull and you're so boring. I'm starting to yawn. And I realized this can't be your entire life. That it seems to be a lot of people pre-salvation spent all their time painting the town red. Didn't you? Just slight nod, just give me a wink with your left hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see the wild ones in this room, right? But after you got saved, you just spent the rest of your years painting the church beige. <laughs> something's happened to you. Like you should be the most dynamic person on the face of planet, but something's happened to You used to sin in a really original way. Used to strategically do naughty things. Now you strategically—I don't know—sneakily watch married at first sight. But you've lost. You've you've lost your va va boom. Lost your pizzazz. Lost your mojo. But it's in there. It's just buried. And God wants you to regather it. I just often wonder why is it that, that Christians were more exciting pre-salvation. And I think it's because, because they're so embarrassed by everything they did pre-salvation that they reject the sins and they reject the sinner. You know, the first thing someone does when they get saved nowadays is go back to their Facebook Photos, just press delete for about three hours, just, just in order to eradicate the past. But they not just eradicate the sin, but they eradicate the sinner. And the truth is that none of you were far away from God ever in the entire history of your life. God was only one breath away, one prayer away. And yet, yet we've got this theology we've ended into where you think that your son, your daughter, your mother, your uncle are far from God. It's impossible. It doesn't matter what Putin does, he can't be far from God. Because God's, yes, because, whoa, bold woman, Because, (laughs) because God's one breath away. The moment he repents, the moment he says, I'm sorry, God, God's there. That's what He did for each one of us, that when we were sinners, God loved the sinner, that He died for the sinner. Nobody's far from God. No uncle, no nephew, no niece, no sister, no mother is far from God. But we've got this theology that we were far from God pre-salvation and now we're close to God. No, no, no. We were close to God pre-salvation because one breath away. Now God lives inside of us. He's immovably inside of us. But I think the other problem is that we divide secularism from spirituality. and, and, And we think, well, that was our secular world. And now this is our spiritual world. And behind the scenes that we become outrageously brilliant in our business life, but hopelessly boring in our spiritual life. Because you divided the two. But the Bible never divides the two. The Bible divides the spiritual from the carnal, but never the spiritual from the secular. Because everything you do is spiritual. When you're watching maths, you're watching it in the spirit or carnally, but you're not watching it secularly. When you're eating a hamburger, you're either eating it in the spirit or you're eating it carnally, but you're never eating it secularly. There's no division for God between prayer life and eating life. Both are in the spirit. But when you divide it up, some of you become brilliant technicians, brilliant at university, brilliant at business. But when it comes to church and spirituality, you've divided the two. You just become nice and and humble and uh, and subservient and submissive when that's not the real you. The real you's dynamic is filled with the power of the Spirit of God. You know Jim Carrey when he was in this, in the height of his fame, right? He did a, a movie called Bruce Almighty, and in Bruce Almighty, gets the powers of God. Like he was the small town reporter, but gets the powers of God for a week or so, and it, it was a disaster. He becomes the 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 anchor man on the TV channel. He falls in love with Jennifer Aniston. It's, used to be every guy's dream outside of christians and uh, and and eventually he lassoes the moon causes a tsunami in japan like almost prophetic in a way right and then he eventually gets run over by a truck and then he goes to heaven guess this is heaven morgan freeman and and morgan freeman who's god says says hey bruce he says what you he says inside every person is a divine spark It's a penny-dropping moment for him. Yours, Bruce, is to bring fun and laughter to the world around about him. And he realizes that he's trying to be more serious than he actually is. He's trying to be a different person than he actually really. And he has a he has a penny-dropping moment. His eyes are open and realizes that's the call of God upon his life, is to bring fun and laughter to the world around about him. And he had the second chance because Morgan Freeman's God has the second chance at, at life and he lives his life. Happily ever after. May I say to you, your Christian life didn't actually begin at salvation. Your Christian life began at conception. It's when God weaved you together. Psalm 139, God weaved you together in your mother's womb. That the image of God was in you at birth. At salvation, God hooked that up. He hooked it back up with the new man that God creates in you through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's something Christian about you from birth. That's why every person you meet has splatterings of the DNA of Christ within them, even though they are pre-salvation. It's because God created every single person on planet Earth. Because that's true, you should be able to go back into your pre-salvation life and see the strands of God's DNA in your gifting in operation pre-salvation. Now, I did that. I remember back when I was like eight years of age, I came second in a Lego building contest. I built Robert Louis Stevenson's rocket train out of Lego and came second at Turinga Toy Store. I'm amazing. I went to university, and because I went to Sydney University, and because students have no money, British word, they're skint, then I thought, I just need a life of entertainment. And so I decided to break into concerts. And I remember breaking into the Elton John concert at the Festival Hall three times in a row. And, you know, I, I, I was amazed. The third time I'm aligning up with no strategy, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And my friend was behind me. We were moving forward. There was like five people ahead. They were taking the tickets. We had no tickets. We were moving forward. This was scary business. We were facing our fears. I was moving forward. There's two people in front. When I move forward, there's one person in front. Now, this, this is like a miracle, non-miracle, right? They had the same idea we had. But they had courage to run through the gate and run around the right-hand side of inside the building. And so every steward and every bouncer chased after them. Well, We just walked to the left. We had a great night. I remember there's a concert on at Sydney University, a big Australian band. And, and so I thought, there's no way I can break into this building. And so I, what I did is, is I bought some overalls and I put the name of the band in texter, in a sharpie, just up here. I grabbed a box with nothing in it, steeled myself, walked through the front door past the 23 stone bouncers, walked into the bathroom, took the overalls off, had a great night. Now, let me say this, right? That's a gift from God. It's just that it's, it's, it's tied to evil, but in it in itself is a God-given gift. And what happens in salvation is God detaches you from evil and attaches you to righteousness, but he doesn't dismiss you. Because some of you think, well, it's no longer I that liveth. Yeah, but your mum still recognises you. Because it is kind of you that liveth. It's just that you're living under a different regime. You're living under a different set of laws. You're different, live, living under a different kingdom. You've been detached from the fallen mind and attached to the new mind. We, we, when, when my wife and I left the shores of this country to go to the United Kingdom, go to Sheffield, nobody invited us to Sheffield. Like there wasn't an invitation from the mayor of Sheffield. We we no one invited us to Manchester, that today is the largest church in Manchester. No one invite I didn't get a phone call from Boris Johnson, the mayor of London, saying, Hey, please come to I Never got a message from Queen Elizabeth, God rest her soul, and saying saying, Dave, we really need you. I broke in. I broke into Sheffield. I'm going to list it out. Broke into Sheffield. Broke into Hull. Broke into Manchester. Broke into Leeds. Broke into Newcastle. Broke into Birmingham. Broke into London. I didn't get a message from the King of Ghana. We broke into Ghana. We broke into Malaysia. Angela Merkel never called me. We broke into Germany. Same gift. It's just it's attached to righteousness and detached from evil. That's why Paul's fieriness, pre-salvation as Saul, a fiery guy, but attached to violence. When he got saved, God detached him from violence, attached him to the peace of God. And he became a monster for God. He got his pizzazz continued through the ages because it was now detached from suppression and attached to acceleration. This is the way God works. God wants to bring out the brilliance of who you are. Am I preaching well or is this absolutely fabulous this morning? (laughs) Because I'm saying that just having a little ad break now because you need a liberation. Because something's around that tempers you, that causes you to be less than you actually are. It's not that you're not being yourself. It's just the half of yourself is still buried. And some of yourself is still attached to something from the past. But if you can grab all of yourself and attach you to the brilliance of God, we've got liftoff. Liftoff is where the worst of you is, is covered by the very best of the power of God. And then the very best of you created in the image of Christ is now attached also to the very best of God. You want to have your ambition that every day you want to be brilliant for the King of Kings and brilliant for the Lord of Lords. Now, let me say this about creation every person's created there 's generally four personality types if if you 're into uh, Enneagrams, whatever then there 's going to be sixteen but i just love I just love the four right because some people when they 're born they 're born choleric these, these guys are, are natural leaders uh, they 're slightly pushy people um, they 're upfront they're they 're bold they 're extrovert if they were an animal there 'd be a lion if they were a car there 'd be a, a Green Porsche, a racing green Porsche, and so they find themselves in the highway of life, doing quite well. Except they are control freaks, and so because they're control freaks, the relationship and the business that should have lasted for quite some time breaks down. Nobody wants to work uh, with Mrs. Pushy or Mr. Pushy, and so the relationships break down, the business breaks down, and then the windscreen cracks, and then someone tells them about Jesus Christ. So they're in at the cross and have their sins forgiven and have their life restored. And Christ comes into their heart. And it's brilliant because this is true salvation. But the problem is they drove in in a racing green Porsche. They drove out in a brown Hyundai. And they're wondering, what's wrong with my life? I'll tell you what's wrong with your life, right? It's got a great engine. You've got a great heart, but you're in the wrong car. You need to come back to the cross and pick up the neglected car that you were born with, swap engines around, and drive out in the gracing green Porsche that God selected for your life. I to do second personality types, melancholics. If you were a, an animal, you'd be a, an owl. <laughs> you, you're, you're, you know. For the clerics, it, it's, it's let's, let's do it now for the melancholics is let's do it right. And because I'm a mixture from both, my catchphrase is let's do it right now. <laughs> so the, so uh, let's, let's do it right. So if they were a car, that there, there'd be a silver merc. And they'd be driving down the freeway, silver merc, overanalyzing, but generally being strategic. If you're anything, you're a step maker. The choleric say, let's get to a new level. You're thinking, well, you just can't jump to a new level. You're going to have to build some steps. So the melancholic is the grand step maker of the kingdom of God. But if you forget about that, then you get lost in the details of navel gazing and uh, over-examining to the point of analysis paralysis. And then depression kicks in and then your friends start to leave. You become clinical. You become cold. Everybody leaves you. Your partner leaves you. And bang, the punk, the car tires are punctured. And then somebody you know tells you about Jesus Christ. And so you park into the cross and, uh, and you tell them, they tell you about Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. Your heart's now renewed. Christ lives within you. But you know where I'm going. You came in in a, in a silver Mercedes. You drove out in a woo. Now, no one should ever be seen driving in a Daewoo. And so you're driving a Daewoo thinking, why, is, why am I slightly uncomfortable? Why is life slightly dull? Wind down the window and have a look at the car you're in. You shouldn't be driving a Daewoo. You need to go back to the cross because your silver murk is still at the cross. Let me, do, let me do the last two, right? I'm going to finish in a few minutes, but let me do the last two, right? The, the third personality type is, is the sanguins, the party people. They're in this room, right? They're keeping quiet right now, but I, but I know who you are, right? And if, if, you, if, you were, if you're an animal, what's those animals that pop up and their heads turn around? You know, the meerkats. You'd be a meerkat. You'd, you'd, just, you'd be like a puppy dog, you know? And if, if you had a car, you'd have a red Mini with a Union Jack on the roof. And so you're driving around having a lot of fun. Your catchphrase uh, is, is, uh, isn't let's do it now or let's do it right. It's let's have some fun doing it. So you're a connector. If you had a call to God in life, it's to connect people to people, people to God, people to vision. You're, you're, the, connect, you're the glue in this room. You're vital for the building of God's church. And, and But because you're a little irresponsible, things go from bad to worse. You don't just go out with one person and decide to try two people at the same, different times, <laughs> different times, right? And uh, until I meet each other in the club bar and realize that you're a very naughty person. And then because you've got a a slant toward addictiveness, right? you move from marijuana to cocaine. You can't support the habit of cocaine, so you steal from grandma. She finds out, she doesn't like you anymore, you say sorry. But still your life spirals downwards and all of a sudden the bonnet flips up, you can't see anymore. Then someone tells you about Jesus Christ. So you park at the cross and they tell you about, and, and you feel relieved. You feel the pain's gone. You feel uh, touched by God. You feel forgiven by God. So all's good, but you drove in in a red Mini with the Union Jack on the roof. You drove out in a Bayes Volvo. Houston, we've got a problem here. Sometimes people change marriages to try and get the excitement back. It's got nothing to do with the marriage you've got. It's got everything to do with the opinion you have of who you are, of how buried you are. You can't blame a partner for that. Your liberation starts with you and Jesus Christ. It doesn't start with the people around about you. Your liberation begins with your decision to be liberated today. I'm speaking to your hearts, right? And I'll just say the reason why I'm so brilliant is because this happened to me. I don't know, like 20 years ago, I came out of the straitjacket of Saul, and picked up the five smooth stones of who Dave Gilpin actually is. He's the last one. It's the Phlegmatics, right? These are the peaceful people, and, uh, and uh, their catchphrase is, let me help you do it, right? And so if they were a car, they wouldn't have a car, they'd have a four-wheel drive to carry everybody else's junk. <laughs> so there's like next week. It'll be the Phlegmatics who'll be bringing the food. Phlegmatics who'll be putting the seats out. Phlegmatics, because all the choleric's just pushing them around, saying, hey, you do this, you do that. I'll arrive half an hour late. You know how it goes, don't you? There's there's a certain uh, submission about their hearts, right? But they're prone to subservience. And I've got to say subservience is evil because it's where you lose control of the grand central station of your will And you allow people to ride roughshod over you for too long. It's okay to pick up a towel. It's okay to humble yourself. But you've got to choose to humble yourself. Then choose to pick yourself up. But just to become a doormat and to allow your dignity. And so they find themselves used and abused by one partner, used and abused by a second partner, used and abused by a third partner, and left completely bereft with a broken heart. The car engine stalls. And then you meet a Christian, they tell you about Jesus Christ and you're relieved that the king of Prince of Peace is now in your life, right? Problem is you came in in a brilliant Range Rover. You came out on a bicycle. Like, what do you do in cycling? This is supposed to be power assisted. This is not self-assisted. This isn't... This isn't a cycle. This is power-resisted by the engine of the Holy Spirit. What you need to do is what I did. You need to come back to the cross. I'll give you a minute to do that in a few minutes' time. To Come back to the cross, dig around. Now, I did that, right? At the cross, there's car tires of rebellion. There's Coke cans of pride. There's oil slicks of independence. But then I thought, God, because everyone's a mixture of personalities. God, there's a union jack there. Look up at God. He starts to cry. So what are you crying for? He says, because I've been dreaming of this moment of reconnection. Because you left something vital at the cross and you simply became an obedient Christian. But oh, so boring. Oh, so dull. Where was your pizzazz, Dave? But now's the opportunity for you with a good heart, good engine to now reconnect with the person that I made you to be. So, I, well, how can I get it out? The Holy Spirit helps me get it out. He says, back up the beige Volvo, pop the engine, pop the engine of the of the red mini with the Union Jack. But the thing about the engine of God, the V8 turbocharged engine of God, is it doesn't suit anybody. You've got to hold the bonnet down with bungee cords. It's so big, right? But then, but then the power of God doesn't suit any of us. We're very ordinary people. But we contain a very extraordinary God. That's why extraordinary things happen to ordinary people. Because you're just an ordinary mini. But it's the power of God in you. you you're a walking conundrum. You, you, you're a walking mystery that you could contain the power of God while walking as a humble human being on earth. I tears in my eyes as God liberates me for the future. I'll tell you a last story in a second. I've got I do have some resources that that I think that you'll I think that you'll love These resources are grab and go. You don't have to pay now. You can pay in 24 hours. It's just grab and go. The details are on the back. This is my book called The Hit Factory. The catchphrase is the next you is the next big thing. Oh, gee. The next you, the combination between the natural you and the new you becomes the next you. And while you're waiting for the next big thing, the next big relationship, the next big explosion, the next big, big plans of God, he's waiting. He realizes it all hangs off the next you. And so, in God's economy, the next you is the next big thing. This is a brilliant book, and it goes through all the different personality types as well. This is my uh, wife's book called Prophesites 84 Firestarters for your devotion life, to get your devotional life firing again on all six cylinders, that's a brilliant book. Her second book is called She Is, and this is a coffee table book that's also a devotional book that is available that I think that some of you will absolutely love. Here's my book, Think Twice, which is 500 trains of thought. For successful Christianity. And this is my latest book called The Truth Diet, is 181 nuggets of truth to fend off the spirit of woke that's coming upon the church in the twenty-first century. <laughs> I've got one fan in the room. <laughs> How about how about no When she come back on the keyboard, and uh, my son, he was he's now he's like uh, thirty one years of age. But when he was, I don't know, like maybe ten years of age, he said, "This is in Sheffield." He said, "Dad, let's go and see Mary Poppins." Now, Mary Poppins was the musical that that had been revived, that had come back to the West End in London. But every new musical is booked out for about eight months because. Because musicals are very popular and the new musicals are very popular. If they've got famous people in them, then then all the music buffs and all the theater buffs buy out every ticket for eight months. He looked at me and we realized, gosh, it's going to be sold out. But he looked at me and I looked at him and I knew exactly what he was thinking. He's thinking, yeah, but dad's got the gift. (laughs) So I said, when do you want to go down? He said, this Friday. So I said, well, let's go. So three or four days after the idea, we're heading down to London. We head to Leicester Square. If you've ever been to London, that's where the ticket touts are. I said, well, I have two tickets to, to Mary Poppins. And the guy said, oh, it's sold out, mate. I said, well, where's, where's it on at? He said, in Soho. Very unique area. So we walked to Soho. We're standing outside the theatre. My son looked at me at 20 past 7 at night. The show starts at 7.30. We both look at each other and think God's got 10 minutes to come through. I'm not going to lie to you. 28 minutes past seven, a guy comes out from nowhere. He says, I've got two tickets. Does anyone want them? I said, oh, no, I'm just enjoying the view. We grab them. And the guy said, Hey, follow me, because he's part of the establishment. My son starts to walk up the stairs because he's used to he's used to the way up high, the cheap seats. And the guy grabs and says, No, no, no. We walk into the st- the stalls, but not just the stalls, it's where Bert and Ernie sits. It's where the queen sits. He says, No, this is this is your seat. The curtain opened. I missed the entire first half because I was texting everybody. Seriously, I was texting everyone saying still got the gift. <laughs> but the Bible says the gifting and the callings of God are irrevocable. Once you got a gift, you got a gift. You haven't lost it, you just buried it. It's still in your back garden. It's there. I just think God, in his patience and in his love for you, is just waiting for you to reconnect the natural year with the new year. Do you know I just I'll just finish on this, right? That I've had some big storms in my life. And I realized that when storms come, that oh, you're in survival mode. You you can lose your sense of creativity. What's the point of being creative doing origami when there's a massive storm overhead? What's the point of singing writing another song? When you can hear the wind sweeping through the trees outside. Storms are only temporary though. Storms come and go. Your storm's a storm in a teacup. It's not permanent. But after the storm goes, after Song of Songs chapter 2, I think, that the, the wind is over. Spring's come. Come away, my beloved, come with me. there has got to come a time where you stand up, brush yourself down, Walk out of storm conditions, out of survival, back into creativity. Out of submission to God, into being a partner with God. For some of you in this room, it's a word from the Spirit of God. There's some va-va-voom waiting for those who take off the trench coat of winter. Some of you still got the trench coat thinking, when's winter going to come back again? No, no, it's past. It's past. Can you hear the cooing of the doves? It says in the Song of Songs. Well, you can. It's just you're ignoring it. You're thinking this storm's going to return again. May I just say prophetically to you, it won't return. It's finished. What's up to you now is to take off the winter coat, take off the winter jumper. Stand in the sunshine of God's love in his springtime and take back the gifting and calling of God that's upon your lives. You might think it's too late, but it's not too late. For Jesus, he did everything that he did in a tenth of his lifespan. So some of you think, well, I've missed it. I've blown it. I'm too old. It's a lie from hell. God doesn't need a lifespan to do a lifespan's work. God only needed three years in the life of Jesus Christ. And then it was all done and all sewn up. He said, it's finished. Everything that God called me to do, I've done in three years. So don't ever believe Satan where he says, oh, you have missed it. It's too late. It's not too late. You haven't missed it because God is a God who restores the years, of the locusts of Eden, and accelerates restoration right in front of your eyes. What God can do for those who pick up. Their creativity, their va-va-voom, their pizzazz is extraordinary. This is the time for reconnection. Now, I know that I've I've gone a little over time, but I know that I've spoken into your hearts this morning. I decided to go in this direction, right? So this is a personal talk from a man who's had a great breakthrough into some people that need that great breakthrough. God creates new churches in order that, that we might wipe your past out that no one would see you as a 16-year-old when now you're 46 years of age. No one would diminish you. Nobody knows where you've come from, which is a gift from God because you've got a chance now just to etch a sketch your future and define who you are and where you're heading to in Jesus' mighty name. Lift your hands to God. Put your Bibles down. Lift your hands to God. Come on, from the back to the front. Lift your hands to God. Father God, Spirit of God You're a liberator You're a liberator He's a liberator right now He's a liberator Some of you are, are disappointed thinking hey it's just been all wasted Don't 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 say that Don't say that Don't say that this is, this is the spirit of the comeback kid in this room right now. It's the comeback kid. It's the God of not just second chance. It's the God of, of the future. It's the God of the many chances. And it's happening right now. The God's rekindling vision, rekindling dreams. Some of you seeing yourself as eight, an eight-year-old when when you were un, unoppressed, unoppressed. that that you saw some beauty, you saw the freedom. And and this is not something just from the past. This is something that God takes now. And He, He, He joins it with the new man to create the next man to create the next you. And it's going to happen. God's igniting imaginations within this room right now. God's stirring up imaginations. He's stirring up the creative juices. Some of you have been fearful of failure and God's going to take the fear of failure out. It doesn't really matter whether you fail or succeed. What matters is you're out in the open seas. What matters is the spirit of the explorer comes upon you. Some of you have just caught yourself out by the fear of failure. And yet every road to success is, is, is covered in the potholes of failure. Failure It's just part of the road to success. A toddler doesn't fail when it's attempting to walk. It's just that's the way it is. It falls over on its way to walking. That's, That's you. That's your history. There's some of you. Some of you have fallen over on your way to your future. But that's just the way of a toddler. That's just the way. That's the way of life. Some of you are scared to build new friendships when you're a sanguine person and because you can see the mound of failed relationships that mound of failed relationships is symptomatic and, and, and a sign of a lover of people and God wants you to pick up the love of God again and, and stop retracting to become a melancholic when you're not a melancholic. You're a pretend melancholic. You're a fake melancholic. You're just a sad sanguine. And God wants you to come out from that and come back into the highways of sanguinehood and become a connector of people. Allow people back into your heart. Sure, occasionally people will rip you off, but, but, but don't be ripped off in your, in your spirit from people. that you Become a master of your own world. Some of you who, who have been melancholic have become cynical, thinking, oh, I'm just cynical. Is this really a new church? Let me say this. Just, just banish your cynicism back to hell. You're a step maker. You're a step. Become a st- be, be the most brilliant stairs maker in the world. Get your wood from the alpine forests of Norway. Carve it up with your, with your saw from, from the United States of America and start to make some stairs. It'll be walked on for generations and generations to come. And some of you choleric's in this room, you're sitting at the back of the bus when you should be at the front of the bus. You, you come late to church. Why would you come late when God's called you to head up this brigade? He's called you to head up David's army. He's called you, called you to, to be the top and not the bottom, to, to be the head and not the tail. Why would you be the tail? It doesn't suit you to be sad. It doesn't suit you to carry despondency. What suits you is to be in the top, to be in the front, to be the carrier of weight, to be the distributor, to be the raiser of people, if that's you in this room right now. And I've just described three groups of people right now. I want you to lift your hands a little high right now. That's it. Hands are going up, Father, there's a liberation in this room. A quiet but significant liberation in this room, God. Father, deliver people from the despondent spirit. Deliver people from the depressing spirit. Deliver people from the anxious spirit. Deliver people from the intimidating spirit. Deliver people from the persecuting spirit. Deliver people in Jesus' name. And now release a spirit of expansion, a spirit of life, a spirit of power, a spirit of joy, a spirit of peace, release within this room, an appetite for more, release in this room, a hunger for God, release in this room God, a a love of the oceans in Jesus' name, a love of the oceans in Jesus' name, a love of the oceans Father God, let this church build roads through desert wasteland let this church build pathways through impossible territory. Father God, let this church create bridges where people have said no one can pass this point. Yeah, but when giftings tied to the magnificence of heaven, nothing is impossible for you. I can see this church building bridges across valleys where they said, no, it simply can't be done. I can see this church building bridges across nations I can see this church building bridges across nations in its future, but also nations within the city. I can see bridges being formed, bridges being created where there's been division. That this church will create bridges. It'll create bridges between denominations. It'll create it'll create bridges between 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 offence people that lived in offence. It'll it'll destroy the offence and create bridges of powerful. Partnerships and relationships. It'll create bridges with those officials in government institutions. It'll create bridges to the poor, to the lonely, and the broken. That's why God's called you to this place. That you would fill in the gap with a brilliant bridge created by your ingenuity, matched by the power of God. Father, I pray, let that spirit reside over each person. As Bruce Almighty had his penny-dropping moment, God, there's a divine spark in you. I pray, God, that that's what would happen in this room, in Jesus' name. With every eye closed, if you're coming back to Jesus, he's only one breath away. We're going to pray a prayer. We're going to allow breath to come out from us. If you've never been a Christian, then he's only one breath away. I'm going to pray a prayer of repentance and a prayer of of Jesus come into my heart. If that's you right now, I want you to pray this after me one sentence at a time. Everybody can help us out. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for finding me in this spider's web of complexity. You are amazing that you know me. You died for me and you found me. I'm so sorry, God for my misadventures for my mistakes my misdemeanors forgive me and come into my heart and be the Lord of my life from this moment on connect the natural me with the new me in Jesus name every eye closed in this room I'm going to get you to do one more thing and if you prayed their prayers sincerely from your heart I'm going to get you to do one act of symbolism symbolism is big nowadays I want you to symbolically say the past is gone the news here and we've got no line in the sand to draw but what we can do is when I count to three is to lift up our right arm or right hand when no one's looking except maybe a couple of counsellors and say Pastor Dave I'm with you on this I'm dividing past from future, history from future. This is a big day for me. If you prayed that prayer, a short prayer, but you really meant it from your heart, then when I count to three with every eye closed, someone should lift up that hand. Leave it up till all the hands are up. Let's do it here. Let's do it now. We're not going to embarrass anybody. Three, two, one. Lift it, lift it, lift it. Lifted hands are going up. Is there More hands. Just lift up a little higher, a little higher, higher, higher. It's a historic day today. On my right-hand side, there's a fabulous hand that's gone up. On my right-hand side, in my middle right-hand side, there's another absolutely outstanding hand that's gone up. On my left-hand side, there's, there's a third hand. There's a fourth hand. There's a fifth hand. What a day for city lights. What a day for city lights. Lord, let the peace of God that passes all understanding, rest upon each one of these beautiful individuals. Let them know the fire of God. Let them know the hand of God. Let them know the promises of God. Father, we thank you for today dividing history from future in Jesus' mighty name. You can put your hands down in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody, look at me loved talking to you today. Hopefully this is an introduction and hopefully I'll come back again and hopefully I can build a relationship with you. I'm not not doing gigs, I'm not just a speaker, I'm a lifter and uh, I trust you've enjoyed it today and I can't wait to come back and see you again. God bless you.